HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cooking Issues is brought to you by Bob's Red Mill, an employee-owned company that has been offering organic stone ground products for decades. Their flours and whole grains are the highest quality and are minimally processed at their stone mill in Oregon. Visit bobsredmill.com to shop their huge range of products. Use the code COOKINGISSUES, that's one word, all caps, COOKINGISSUES, for 25% off your order. Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday from like uh, roughly 12 to roughly 12.45 from Berta Pizzeria in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Not joined as usual by Nastasia to Hammer Lopez. She is even later than I am. She's on her way. She got pulled into a meeting. Now let me ask you something. That sounds bogus. Dave in the booth. Let me ask you something about a, a meeting. What's the one time during the whole week where you know you shouldn't be planning a meeting? When you're doing your podcast? <clears throat> that is correct. Also, who gets pulled into a meeting? Don't you have to schedule a meeting? Well, not in the old days. In the old days, the boss would just come back and be like, well, hey, come, come to my office. But now that everyone like commutes from home and has like all kind of like, you know, responsibilities dribbling out of their ears and side jobs and crap, now everything has I, to be scheduled. I, I, I drive Uber. Yeah. Oh, speaking. <laughs> For real? Yeah, no, to, to, oh. keep, to, to keep my payments down uh, lower at the bakery, yeah, of course. <laughs> so <I'm laughs> I got I to put my kids through school, so, you know, Uber at least like three nights a week. The person, you know, uh, first of all, <clears throat> I'm getting old. First of all, I'm getting old. It, maybe it's time. I was t- sorry, no, no, I, actually, sorry. I meant to say Lyft, not, not Uber. Oh, so, uh, we have Jim <laughs> Leahy, uh, founder, owner of the Sullivan Street Bakery, uh, and I guess and kind part, of and part time Lyft driver. And I would say. Would you say, please, like... Please give me five stars. How many different Sullivan-esque bakeries are there now in New York? Oh, Jesus. I never... I mean, I haven't really given it How many thought. direct offshoots of you are there? Well, I mean, in terms of the other companies that, like, that I kind of influenced, if directly or yeah, indirectly. All of them? All of them? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> For those of you that don't know... And also, uh, he's no... He, look, Peter Kim from the Museum of Food and Drink is here. Hello, Peter. And not, no longer just uh, punching bag, Peter, but well, I Papa want, punching bag. Peter. I want everyone to know out there that Peter Kim is now a father. Yeah. First time, first time father. That's, that's a right. pretty cool rain stick, man. Mm. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Jim, wow. you, you, have, you how many kids you have, Jim? Oh, I've got three. Three. All right. So, uh, you know, Peter, only one. But <laughs> whatever. Uh, point is, is I feel like in no longer... <laughs> 
insult Peter in the same way because then I'm insulting someone's dad. Right. And that's like, that's not cool. Right. Oh. You know what I mean? But you never seem to mind your kids seeing you insult me. I remember, your, I remember one of the first times I hung out with Dax, he came over to me and said, Peter, why is my dad so mean to you? Um, and, you know, I, I didn't know exactly what to say. Why, why don't you tell him the truth? <laughs> I deserve it, Dax. Dave's kind of a walking, do as I say, not as I do That's kind of guy. Exactly that right. is exactly right. He was just lambasting <laughs> Stas for coming late. That, that is a freaking show. lie. First of all, that is a lie. I take and I receive. Ooh. Like, I, I, unlike, I, uh, unlike Trenton, the city of Trenton. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, but I mean, in other words, like I, like, I give people crap, but I also receive plenty of crap. True. Yeah. And I take it with... In general, with good humor, <clears throat> the only people I don't take crap uh, in good humor from is people who won't who won't receive it, who won't right, like, right, let right. me. Like Jeff Bezos. That, no, Jeff Bezos. Turns out, like his minions have been kind of a good sport about the whole thing. They haven't fixed our problems at Amazon, but they've been kind of a good sport. All right, listen. So, what are we talking about today? So, Jim has uh, came out at the end of last year a, a new cookbook. The follow up to his what is it? Blockbuster success, the original one. I guess. Like the, like, blockbuster? I would call it blockbuster, yeah. So we, nu- nu- nuclear success. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was like, a, for a bread book, like the, like the best-selling, like, bread book that, like, you know, well, in a long time. That, well, I don't know about that, but it, it did, it did stay on, on the Amazon list for quite some time up in the, in the top part. But, you know, it's, uh, I think, more than the book itself. I think it's, it's the method in the book has been imitated, I think, by no less than twelve other authors. So I'm, you know, I'm just a. I, I've published the f- first book, and then uh, you know there were other books that came out, you know, trying to popularize the same method. Yeah. Well, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, uh, Jim and I share an t- editor. And we had the same and, editor. Yeah, and in typical mm-hmm. American fashion, all claimed that they kind of like were. Like it was their idea. <laughs> well, no, but so yeah. Well, no, but like so, our our editor, the no touch method. Our, yeah, no, yeah. our 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 editor, Maria Guarnaschelli, who has since retired. So I, sh- I didn't get to finish my second book with her. Um, anyway, she came up right. Where, where was the, the soundtrack for the applause when you said that? He doesn't know her. That's oh, why. Okay. So okay. like, um, there you go. So the uh, anyway. So she. I'm she, sure she's lovely. So. Family show. Remember family show, everyone. So she, uh, she came up. Just, just reminding Jim Leahy, who you know, we have similar foul mouths. It's just he's not used to being on the radio show, and so that's all. I was well, mentioning I've, in advance. I've, I've toned down my 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 use of foul language. Why? I don't know. I just because Peter Kim has a kid now. That's right. Maybe that's why. Maybe. Peter Kim also a foul mouthed individual. Peter Kim, a habitual line stepper. So if you take it right, wow. if, you, if you take like a, a conversation mm-hmm. right up to yep, the edge go. of propriety, mm-hmm. he'll just step right over that line. Oh, there's, there's, oh, there's, oh again, yeah. is the pot calling the kettle black. I, yep. I used to be known for that. Yeah, no, I'm the line rider, Dave. No, man, you cannonball across that line. I do not. Like, uh, I, I do a tiptoe. I do the toe across the no, line. No, 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 no. Yeah, I Dave, jump. You're, you're, I, I'm a line stepper. You are broad in shouldering line. I it. jump over all the dashed lines that people are afraid to go over, but then there's these hard lines that then Peter like goes right over the cliff on. Yeah. Right, right. You know what the I'm hard saying? hard red line. Yeah, like I go over the yellow line, and he just goes onto the platform, to use a subway reference. <laughs> but the, uh, I'm mixing so many metaphors right now. Anyways, so... The what Marina Guarnaschelli, the editor, like this, the whatever. What do you call the thing under the title? The tagline? What do you call it? Subtitle. The subtitle. <laughs> yeah. Was no, no need, no something, and then here's no work. She added the 
That was her idea, right? Or was that yeah. your idea? No yeah. work. And she's like, that sold 8 jillion copies of that. People were like, I can make this kind of bread with no work? No work? I can make this bread? And they're like, so you sold a million copies of that. Yeah, well, I, I, it, the, I did get my first royalty check, which was nice. Nice. After, you need yeah. to come up now with the no brains method. Someone yeah. who's really dumb can make it. What do you think? <laughs> I think there might even be a no need for no need bread for dummies at this point. Really? Yeah. No. So, so, wow. So for those of you also that don't know, uh, Sullivan Street Bakery, when did you open? 90? We're 24 years old this year. What does that mean? 1994. So I moved into the city right, right then. Uh, like that's right when I moved into the city. It was brand new. And, uh, my wife and I were in grad school and the bread, cheers. 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 Congratulations, Peter. Thank you. Congratulations. Uh, bread in New York City. I think I've said this on the air before, uh, was freaking awful. Like the bread in New York City was an, an embarrassment. In fact, like one of the reasons to travel to Europe and other places was that Simply they had decent bread yeah. and our bread was garbage. And by the way, the impression that all Europeans still to this day have of America is that our bread is bad. And not to, you know, pump you up any more than you need, Jim, but like when I first went to Sullivan Street, I was like, holy Christ. I was yeah. like, you know, someone cares about they're bread. They're focused right. on a specific style. They care about it. I remember you used to at the, at I, the, at know, the front counter, me, you had all it, those pizzas, like Bianca I'm, and everything. I had to thank all the staff from stopping me from putting in an ATM machine and uh, some soft serve ice cream uh, service. At the time? Yeah, you know, I, was, I just wanted to take it in all these, like, you know, typical directions. Oh, the, bread, you know. the bread, the bread. Oh, the typical bread and yeah, soft yeah, yeah. serve mix. The, the yeah. boar's head display, you know, yeah, all well, that. Everyone likes a boar's head display. But yeah. thankfully, all my employees were, like, rallied against me saying, no, you have to keep it really traditional. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, also at the time, he had these things that were, you know, called pizza, like Bianca. Did you, did you do the potato one as well? You did the potato one, well, right? We did, yeah, we did, like, the typical pizza that you would get from a bakery. Right. Right. But Americans the, were the like, only, pizza? The only, the only difference is in Italy, <clears throat> where socially the bakery represents this, it's like this daily necessity and also it represents the kind of like thrift, like the, the cheapness of bread in Italy really matters. It resonates with people. They, they feel the bread should be inexpensive, but there's this deep tradition and culture of method, methods and techniques and forms and all this other stuff. Um, but in Italy, the bakers would use to make like a potato pizza the, the crappiest oils and potatoes and they don't necessarily like cherish back then. Right. But, now, but now if you go to Italy, you see that, you know, a lot of these forms that were Maybe not front and center, but popular have become even more front and center. You, you know, you put the song "Cherish" well, in my head now. Yeah, so James actually inspired a whole new kind of pizza in Italy too, on top of everything else in New York. Wow. What, what Peter, do you mean? Peter's just being a Peter's no, just being a jag no, on this no, thing. No, I'm not. No, I'm not trying to imply that. I, yeah, no, that's But you know, you can see there are certain forms that have yeah, been constant. Absolutely. Um, I'm not doing anything new. I'm just yeah. doing. I'm just doing like a, my rendition, my version of something that I. Ate in Europe, basically when I was a wee one. How do you feel about all the Maison Kaisers that have cropped up everywhere around New York City? It's I, crazy. I how think it's amazing that uh, you know that there's obviously a market for that 
for this market. Yeah. I mean, it's a very uh, French approach. I, I think it's encouraging to see. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, from an operation standpoint, um, how they could make money, but but if they do, then great. Yeah. Um, I also think um, just because I know how expensive some of the real estate is, and also how much. Sales are required. However, most of the companies that come in in this format, like you see all this sort of this proliferation of like new coffee companies and Bluestone Lane and Joe and the Juice and all this other shit. Like, hey, stuff, family show. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. <clears throat> Being rolled out, and you realize it's it's just kind of like investment money and investment yeah. groups and uh, uh, people trying to sort of capture this sort of ever changing, shifting market. Um, it's almost like um, you really the, think it's that. I think it's people hate their lives and they like food. Um, <laughs> no, we we we're now we're, we've become a we we have expectations where we had less before. We have much more expectation now about how things should be. I mean, the the diner is the old. You know, I mean, I, I mean, in the golden days, in the golden days of Yelp. You know, when it when Yelp mattered, they had a golden day. Well, in the beginning, when people would like, you 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 know, one. I remember when I opened Co. ten years ago, which I recently closed. That like that was so important to see, to kind of follow your Yelp feed, if you will, and see what your ranking and your rating was. But then, as time went on, it like everything else in this uh, world in which we're living, it became kind of kind of corrupted by bots and <laughs> became you know. became corrupted well it was yeah. already well I the idea of this golden well, age of well you know, i'm gonna say golden age like, of, it's all the trip advisor now no no one, no, one no, no, no well we're still at the yeah. second inning in terms of these types of uh services i mean pretty soon roberta's is going to be hiring wait staff from the basic uber Mm-hmm. version of waiters that come in and and basically I'm here to work in your restaurant as your waiter. They told you this? Or well, they no, you're looking, but, you're looking no, out here but eventually what's going to happen with technology is it's going to basically envelop us. I don't it, know, man. It, we're almost there. I mean, we we you know we've got like maybe a, f- a finger sticking out of the envelope. I don't you know, know. You and know we know I... and we know that there's sunlight because we can feel the warmth on our finger or it's maybe a I mean, I'm as pessimistic. Someone's nose or something. I'm as pessimistic as the next fellow, but you know, pessimistic. People, people. I think there are people who will pay. Like, why? People. Every once in a while, people try to bring back the automat, right? And and honestly, if the food that I'm going to get is garbage, I'd prefer it to be a zero human being interaction. You know what I mean? But I think there's always going to be a market. And let's be honest, because we make very little in this country with our hands anymore, right? And, you know, to the extent that we do make things here, they're made by robots because that's the only way to do it, like, economically. To that extent, there's millions, hundreds of millions of people in service jobs that have no business being in service jobs because they don't care about other human beings or about service, right? And so you don't necessarily want to interact with those people because they don't want to interact with you. But I think at the high end, there's always going to be a market for a human interaction, one where you actually, like, like, and to use your word from earlier cherish well the other the thing interaction that, well goes back to the, the mission of hospitality which is one of hosting one of welcoming one of kind of curating for someone an experience i mean that uh it's it's a it's a form of embrace not just with with words or you know plates or dishes or or styles of cuisine it's 
I mean, that's ultimately what hospitality is about. I mean, for me, um, you know, I mean, the best designers, the best chefs, the best, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it, it maybe on, on a certain level for certain operators, it gets easier because they have access to so much resource, but it doesn't mean that they're going to succeed. It doesn't mean it's going to necessarily resonate. It's not like... Right, but bad design... But it's not like there's an, there's an algorithm now. I'm sure there is already is um, a bot that studies, you know, the algorithm of what the next type of food concept or food trend is going to be based on, you know, an algorithm of... No, yeah, there's big money of, in that. Yeah, but I'm saying, it, but, it, but at the end of the day, why the... F- fudge. We, 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 why, <laughs> why the f- uh, farrow salad would we want to... Would we want to worry about that right now? Right. And yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, you know, I, I wake up in the morning, I, I, I go to my little coffee bar, which happens to be downstairs, and... You're like, and I own it. Well... Okay, <laughs> but like... It I say that, that mediocre food, mediocre design, mediocre environs, top-notch FOH service, good experience. Yeah. Well, Flat but, across a, but the then again, you're also like, there's a whole army of... People who know how to make coffee art and how to pull shots. I mean, there's. I think there's even a uh, an a, a employment service that kind of functions like Uber for coffee bars, where I own a coff. I own like ten coffee bars, and I'm missing a, a a team member here and a team member there and a team member. And and there's this sort of like circulation of voluntary baristas. Now, according to David Schomer, that's your first mistake owning ten. He's like own two maybe. Well, I mean, again, it's like, what is it? There is this sort of like desire or reach in our culture right now for grandness, for bigness, for people. It turns out like money. Find the you know the the uh, guidance uh, missile guidance uh, arms contractor investor dude who needs to kind of launder money from uh, Israel or whatever. Man, you go so and, negative all the time. Uh, no, no, or wherever, from uh, Germany. No, they or could from, be laundering from anywhere. I'm not yeah, saying yeah, Israel. Like, yeah, no, could, yeah <laughs> not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm very pro-Israel. I love Israel. I really th- lost the thread but, here. But they I, are, know, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. You want to take a call? Yeah, call her. You're on the air. <laughs> Germany, Switzerland. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing? All right, what's up? Hey, I've got a rack of beef steroids cut from, like, the rib primal, um... And I was wondering if you had any advice on low temp or uh, other unique ways of cooking this thing. I know there's not a ton of meat on there, but uh, just curious to hear your thoughts. So you cut the you cut the ribs off of the ribeye. Did you did you cut the whole bone off so you have the whole thing, or did you cut the short? Did you cut them short and left the bone on the ribeye? No, I got the whole thing. I didn't do it, but it's like the big long rib rack with all the meat in between them yeah what uh what grade level is the meat do you know mm, probably choice choice that's a really i, I kind of like that word choice as a word choice. choice choice uh but i actually like that word better than prime prime i don't like that choice, choice. amazon choice yeah? yeah choice anyway so back to your problem uh what i would do is look <clears throat> the, the honest fact is is uh what 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 access do you have to the out of doors uh, I can get to like a Weber uh, where I could smoke them or something like that. All right, here, well, here's what I would do. I would just, if you have a bag, typically what I do is I low temp everything 
uh, I would, if it's tender enough uh, as is, which it sounds like it is, I'd throw it in the ba- in a bag with some uh, with some olive oil. If you want to put some spices in it, whatever you can salt it or not. I'd add pepper at the get go. Depends on how long you're going to let it go. Then I would cook it at. Um, I'm uh, looking in my hands how the size. I would cook it at 55 degrees Celsius for in the area of an hour, hour and 20. Because you're not trying to tenderize it that much. You just want to guarantee that it's that whole level. Then I I would let it cool down. You can let it sit out, whatever, because uh, you're gonna, mm-hmm. you know, grill the hell out of it later. Then fire up your grill hot. I'm a huge uh, fan. Everyone's all about control. I detest control in, in all things. I like temperature control on temperature control when you're going low. But when you're going high, go high. Just go high. Dave, and, Dave is a surfer. It's like go high. <laughs> Always go high. He's a flame surfer. It is true. So like my the way that I've been cooking in advance for the book that I have he's, coming he's, out that I'm, that I'm working the, on with the butane bottle is, squeezing. Uh, yeah. No, uh, no. Like so, literally, what I do is because I have a lot of extra wood, so I just try to make these maximum size fi- fires to I- imitate almost in a horizontal fashion the flame intensity you get out of a tandoor, mm. and I create what amounts to a funeral pyre mm-hmm. in inside of my uh, relatively large grill because I have a cowboy you know grill. And I have infinite wood at the house. So I make these big fires. I bet you do. Infinite. Oh, Jesus. Dave, you had to go there, man. <laughs> so, the, uh, so anyway, so this, I, would go, I, would go, uh, I would go high high heat on it. And then I would just put, put them off and on. I would put it on for, depends on how high your flame is, between 45 seconds and two minutes. Pull it off for about three minutes. Back on. Pop, pop, pop. Until you get the crust that you want. And that way, <clears throat> you can shift everything off and on your grill until everything is done. So I tend, to, I tend to be, nowadays, of the instead of trying to regulate the heat, I just regulate the amount of time that it's on the heat. Very rare that you don't want a nice crust on the outside of your food. And just by taking it off and on, you will lower the average heat input into the middle of the meat so you're not going to overcook it. And you, every time you apply it to the high temperature for even short periods of time, you will, you will make a better and better crust on the outside. So that's typically what I do. So for something like you have, at the level of heat I use, it's probably two times on at, uh, at a minute aside. And that's going to be like real ch- nice and charry on the outside. But again, like you're, you know, for me, that's like putting it inside of a, a, a kiln, basically. If you have a less intense flame, you might want to do it three times. But just if you're going to do it a lot of times, make sure to rest it uh, in between. This is how, in a tandoor, you can have a juicy... Well, they also marinate and beat the crap out of the meat. But this is how you can have, uh, you know, not overcooked viciously, but have a nice outside. It's by off on, off on, off on. And that's kind of what I would do. But I would always ensure yourself with a low temp ahead of time. This way, there's no such thing as under. Your only mistake is to go uh, over. And it's not that much extra time because, honestly, you know, unless you're some sort of freak show, you're probably prepping at some point during the day. So throwing well, it in the or bag you for could, an hour. Or you could even prepare the day before. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt, not gonna hurt you. That's what I. That's okay. like what I would do. And then also, it gives you more time <laughs> to send out handwritten invitations to your friends. Yeah, the good news there is if you also if you need to make some chicken or for somebody else, also you you don't even need to low temp the chicken because it's so thin. You don't need to low temp the chicken. Get buy thighs, right? Buy chicken thighs. Pound the chicken thighs out, rel- relatively thin. Uh, don't bo- bo- bones and all. I remove. I always remove the bones and the little thing of cartilage. So if you buy boned, mm-hmm. if you buy people, if you buy boned chicken thighs, please remove that one nasty vein that they always leave in. And please remove that little piece of cartilage on, on the bone that for some reason that a-hole can never 
uh, clip off for you. So remove that little cartilage knuckle because it's unpleasant. Are, are you are you yeah, call, like are you knuckles. calling my friends a holes? I am. Uh, You're mean. Salt it, but don't do anything else. Uh, salt it, pound it thin between two pieces of cellophane. Then I do a classic yogurt, lemon juice, uh, pepper, garlic, and green herb of uh, green herb of your choice, and maybe a spice of your choice, and a little bit of sugar. Not to make it sweet, a little bit of sugar. That's kind of the marinade that I use. Uh, and some oil. I add extra oil. And then you just, I put that in a zippy, or if you have a vacuum, I vacuum that with the chicken for a couple of hours. That'll tend to, uh, that'll tenderize it. The acid in the yogurt and the lemon juice will tenderize yeah, I'm, the thing. I'm a, a firm believer in the, if, if you're going to marinate chicken, that it be brief. Yeah, not that long. Not that long. But, I th- otherwise, the texture of the meat becomes like, Fucking nasty! Hey, hey family sorry. show. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. sorry. I, I warned I you, you like twice. Sorry, I hate yeah. that. I, so, like, you ever go to those restaurants something. where they overmarinate the meat? It's almost like, like, right? But leather. Okay, so, but remember though, you're over, over marinating like thick cuts of meat is like hyper problematic. If you I, pound it thin and you're gonna do the next thing, I tell you, that it's not quite as bad. Then grill at infinity, right? Like just like mm-hmm. like real flat, off on, off on, off on. Here's the other thing. I don't baste with oil in between because I'm a lazy weasel, so I spray Pam on it in between. So, like, I'll pull it off the fire, spray Pam on it, and throw fox. it back on. You fox. I'm telling you, man. When you get old, you get lazy. It's just like I was saying before, like, now that, I, like, now that I'm 40, whatever, what am I, 47, I realized I need to buy gears for my bicycle. Like, my whole, I've been like, I don't need gears on my bike. I don't need a freewheel. I'm not a lazy man. But, you know, going over the bridge and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I could, maybe I could use a gear. On my bike, maybe I could use you know if if you can always use a gear. You did yeah. come in pretty out of I breath. Live, so. I live in Portland, and people here they go crazy over their fixies. And I think honestly, people who eschew bike gears, they're just dumb. They're just dumb. Wow, I like wow. that strong statement. Yeah. Hot take. But here, here's the thing: New York City. Here, I'll tell you why I have a fixed gear bike. New York City is. By and large, flat. We have one decent hill in the 90s somewhere up by Kitchen Arts and Letters, the bookstore. We have, and we have a couple of bridges that have a, a kind of a decent incline. But otherwise, we're pretty flat. And um, the problem with New York is, is that uh, my bike is stored in my closet. And so my derailleur kept on getting whacked out of, uh, whacked out of adjustment constantly. And so, because, like, to ride in New York, I don't know what it's like in Portland, but to ride in New York, if you're going to actually lock your bike outside, this is way before city bike, the chain was heavier than my bicycle. And it took also, like, it took, like, 10 minutes to properly lock it and unlock it. And you would enfilthen yourself every time with the chain. So I'm a huge fan, Peter Kim is uh, as well, of bringing your bike inside with you, which means, for me, a folder, right? But the derailers kept on getting annihilated and I was throwing chains constantly on the street like I'd be going down the street you stand on the pedal to get going off of a light you throw the chain the fifth time that happened I'm like no 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 and so the question was am I going to go to a single speed freewheel no cursing I was going to go to single speed freewheel or am I going to try the fixie and I was like you know what I'll try it. What the heck? And then, like, I just haven't changed it since. It's been, like, you know, 10, 12 years, something like that. But I, I think mm-hmm. in, in my time in life, I'm old enough that there is, like, it's just, it is, as you say, stupid to not have some gears on that thing. What do you think of I mean, the Archie Sturmer, uh, like, uh, hub gear shift system? I've never used one. They're not, they're not really very efficient, though, right? I don't know a thing about that. I just know it sounds like you got a good reason. Here in Portland, we've got hills, and honestly... People who are struggling up those hills, sweating bees, 
Yeah, no, there's no, no point in that. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. hey do, you, do you guys have bike thieves there? Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Probably not as bad as New York. Bike thieves, people that steal people's transports, you know, but like, it, you don't know. Like, first of all, you don't know what that bike means to somebody. I can think of one thing worse. What? People who, who steal your musical instrument. Oh, my God, yeah. Yes, that's horrible. That's vicious. Yeah. You know, there was a, a rash of, like, double bass thefts recently. I heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, if you steal somebody's livelihood or somebody's form of artistic ex- expression, like, that's when I wish there was a hell for you to go to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways. Did I answer your question about uh, the ribs? <laughs> but if there's a hell below, yeah, yeah. we're all going to go. 55, throw them on a hot grill, on off, on off. Make sure they cool down. Let them come down to room temp. Don't put them at 55 on the grill or you'll be ruining Christmas. No, uh, no, unless no. you don't celebrate yeah, Christmas, yeah. in which case you'll be ruining the holiday of your choice. Uh, Happy Christmas. Yeah, but, uh, but tweet, us, uh, tweet us back. Let us know how it worked out. Okay. Not Thanks. cool. All right. I got a uh, – well, let me, let me answer one of these questions so I can actually say I answered a question that was uh, typed into us. Answer a question, then we'll take a break. All right. <clears throat> this is from Chef Dante Martinez in Seattle. Uh, so this is a West Coast program apparently today. Uh, I'm a chef in Seattle, and I have a very small kitchen. Uh, and the Twitter, if you want to look at the kitchen, is at the cottage uh, Bothell. Bothell or Botel? TH, but Bothell or Botel? Not, not brothel. Yeah, I think it's a typo. It's supposed to be brothel. You guys are the worst. What the heck is it with you people? Always in the gutter. Uh, so, uh, chef has no gas. I use portable induction, sous vide, or as my relatives say, sous vide. Uh, sous vide. Uh, and an oven. <clears throat> One of my hit menu items is my sous vide jerk chicken. Jerk! Jerk! People, uh, I, whenever I see the word jerk, I have to say jerk that way. Why? Because uh, Dax, also, Dax also does it. Mm-hmm. Jerk! Anyway, uh, so he calls me that sometimes. He's like, Dad, don't be a jerk! You don't, <laughs> you don't think the word jerk is really cool, the way the K hits? Yeah, the I J guess. and the K? How old is Dax? He's 13. Uh-huh. And Dad, sa- same mental age as me. Dad, Dad you're a jerk! 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 Yeah, uh, yeah but although... Booker calls me a jerk and honest more than Dax does. Like, when he means it more than Dax does. How old is Booker? 16. Okay. Yeah. He also calls me an idiot on a constant basis. Yeah, Re- that's, that's normal, though. Fairly regular you, basis. You remind him that's a normal thing? Uh, no. You should. It, you should actually remind him that if he doesn't, then there's something seriously wrong with the universe. It is wow. completely the way it's supposed to be, as just as you probably said the same things, or at least thought the same things, but weren't able to say them because it was a different... Time. Yeah, you, you weren't allowed to say that crap. Yeah. You think kids but, should say that now, though? What? You think kids should be allowed to say that now? Um, it's not a matter of whether they should. It's, it's, it's acknowledging the fact that they do. See, and there's can. a big difference and here can, between... And can, and can. Big know. difference here between Asian families and non-Asian families, too. Well, I mean, yeah, I, yeah cult, culture. I never talked back to my parents, ever. Ever. I would get smacked. Yeah, yeah I didn't either. Decide. I mean, I would, yeah. and then I'd be shocked when my friends would... Like, yeah, call their parents stupid or whatever. Like, just out of the question. Good times. Okay, no, uh, so back to the question. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so so people, people rave uh, about Chef Martinez's uh, jerk chicken, and it is good, but I want to take it to the next level. I would love to smoke the chicken with pimento wood. But it's, pimento, by the way, pimento is allspice tree, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I've never seen the wood, uh-huh. right? Uh, are you a fan of allspice people? You, you allspice yeah, I like people? allspice. Uh-huh. Some spice? Allspice. I like, all, I like allspice. Yeah? Yeah, Jamaican pepper. Yaman. 
Yeah. It's also known uh. as Jamaican pepper. <laughs> you got your allspice, your pimento. There's yeah, pimento man. dram, the liqueur. There's I like allspice. Anyway, allspice. Uh, I've never had the I've never used the wood. So anyway, I would like to smoke with pimento wood, but it's just too dang expensive, too important to Seattle. My question is: Is there a way to get the essence of the of the wood, that particular wood, into the jerk marinade? If I were to buy some wood, have it imported, could I capture the essence of the smoked wood into an oil or liquid? How would you solve this problem? Uh, thanks, uh, Dante Martinez. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, I looked it up, and dang, that stuff is expensive. Uh, real expensive. Um, <clears throat> there is a, a Bradley... First of all, you have a couple choices here. You can, um, you can par-smoke stuff on the wood. For instance, uh, you can do liquids. Liquids that are a little bit tackier tend to take up smoke better, so people will smoke, like, for instance, barbecue sauces and things like that. I looked up online, a lot of people are uh, smoking like the on- like onions. So if you have a lot of onions in a sauce, like barbecue sauce, for instance, they'll cut up a bunch of those, smoke them, and then uh, blend that into, this, into their sauce to get a smokier flavor. If I was going to do it, I would probably do the sauce. I don't think you're going to find a liquid smoke. Maybe you will. I was not able to. That is specifically uh, pimento wood, right? I also looked up, and it is not that expensive to buy, um, there's two. There's two things I saw. Bradley Smoker, which you know, the Bradley Smoker makes these uh, these pellets, these um, these like you know pucks, these pellets. They have one called Caribbean Wood, but I think they're liars. I think what they do is they put allspice, the spice, into uh-huh. uh, mesquite chips, and I don't know whether allspice, the spice, and pimento wood, the wood have similar smoke profiles. So I would test it, but since you probably know what you're talking about, since you've used it in the real life, you know, your mileage may vary. But there is someone who sells um, pellets of pure, I think, pure, it said, pimento wood, and it is quite pricey. It is uh, it was $60 or $70 for 20 pounds. It was like $3 a pound or something like this. But you're burning about, in a pellet smoker, you're burning about a pound to a pound and a half an hour. And uh, you're not going to smoke your sauce. If you have it in lots of trays, and so you have tray, 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 tray in a smoker, you're not burning that much. Let's say you smoked your sauce for three hours, your marinade for three hours. I think you could get a good amount of flavor into that. Or if you're doing the onions, you could do even less, probably like 45 minutes, and you can get a good amount of flavor. And it's costing you between 3 and $6 an hour. So the question is how much sauce can you load in to your box and then you factor out your cost that way. But I think that's probably the way I, w- I, w- mm-hmm. I would do it. But I don't know that, you know, I don't know that you're going to find any commercially available. I mean, if you went to a flavor house and you're like, I'm making a jerk uh, saying fake this smell, they would do it, you know how accurately they would fake it, I don't know. But I think you, you could probably do it for fairly economical price the real way this way. That's what I would do. Because those smokers aren't that expensive. And you can jerry-rig one if you can't, you know, can't buy one. What do you think? Yes? No? Yeah? Yeah? yeah. yeah. All right. It makes plausible. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll take a break. Come back with more cooking issues. <laughs> episode of Cooking Issues is brought to you by Bob's Red Mill, an employee-owned company that has been offering organic stone ground products for decades. Dave, we have a question from a listener about Bob's Paleo Pancake Mix. Michaela wants to know if she has to make pancakes or if there are other creative ways to use it. The ingredients are almond flour, arrowroot starch, organic coconut flour, organic coconut sugar, sea salt, cream of, the, cream of tartar, and baking soda. No, so this is basically a not, this is an ingredient mix that you could use similar to Bisquick, but in, so anything you would use Bisquick for, but you want kind of a 
gluten-free slash uh, farmed grain-free kind of a recipe you could substitute it out for. I mean, I don't know how many cave people were making pancakes. It seems like not kind of a cave person thing to do. But yeah, any one of those, it's basically a, a Bisquick sub. If you want to experiment with paleo pancake mix, go to bobsredmill.com and use the code COOKINGISSUES. That's one word, all caps, COOKINGISSUES, for 25% off your order. Well, the jerk store called. They're running out of you. Hey. Nice. All right, so I didn't wait. So I got a couple things I got to get to real quick before yeah. we do anything else. Do we have any callers? Not currently. All right, all right, okay, so tell me about the what's new about the new book. What's different about this book? Um, as well, to the it's first book? it's kind of a guide to making sourdough at home. It covers a lot of the breads that we make uh, at Sullivan Street Bakery, plus some items that we used to make once upon a time, plus some things that we don't, just kind of for fun. Um, it covers a lot of different techniques and methods for making and putting together dough, both no need and and kneading. Uh, sourdough used extensively through the book. Uh, some fermentation of vegetables, which is something I enjoy doing and something we incorporate at the cafe. And, and uh, um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. True or false? The average person who has sourdough at home, the starter is much like I was at the beginning of the show, spent and nasty, right? Mm-hmm. It's just been sitting too long. It's out of breath. It's like, you <laughs> well, know, I mean, on what its happens, last legs. Well, what happens to a sourdough <laughs> is that, that the microbes go into, depending on the the, uh, the state of the, start, the starter, whether it's a liquid starter or a, a more of a solid starter, but, but basically what happens when a when the dough reaches a certain level of acidity, like below 4.2, uh, all of the, you could say the flora, the microbes that would be useful for making bread form cysts, like shells. Um, and those shells protect the, you know, the organism, uh, and the organism basically stays the yeast, or, and, and in some cases bacteria. Uh, some, certain classes of bacteria basically stay uh, suspended until the conditions change in the substrate. Right, but their relative their relative balance also gets. Yeah, so up. I mean, you could have that like globule of if it's real sourdough starter uh, that's been in your fridge for like you know nine months or something, you could theoretically cut off or scrape off all the mold and just take like a hunk of it, and it should, under the right conditions. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, you, so you're a, so you for most people at home, you're a fan of the of the real solid starter. Um, I, I actually like, I think if you use a, a solid starter over time, that it influences the flavor profile of the, of the, of the final loaf of bread. Negatively or positively or just effects? Differently, <laughs> differently. I think positively. I think um, I prefer using a, and also just for management, management. Right. The average person at home wants something that they can use between twice and like 0.25 times a month and it's going to be consistent and they can bring back to life within one day. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, yeah, that's the thing. So you just have to, like everything else in life that's worthwhile, practice. And also in my book, we give you lots of different tips on things to be aware of. The but you, you think for that baking schedule, a more solid starter is the best way oh, to Oh, yeah, for sure. 
for sure. I because mean, I things take, are always happen slower in that. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I took also, um, you know, I you can dehydrate a sourdough starter very easily, letting it um, putrefy, literally acidify, putrefy basically is the word, um, and you know, drop to an acidity of like three point eight or four point two or lower, but um, and then you can create a slurry. And if you have a dehydrator at home, uh, you could uh, put a like basically a, 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 a smear of of the slurry of the liquid on a parchment paper and just let it dehydrate. Only or, only a New Yorker thinks the word smear is even remotely appetizing. I know. Yes. Okay. Well, then we well, it's like more like a you think of bagel or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Putrefies uh, the word that I use to describe. Bum, bum, <laughs> yeah. All right. bum, bum. <laughs> so you spread it out. You dehydrate. Oh dehydrate what? Like lowest lowest setting? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. Or or like you know uh, in an oven with the uh, with the uh, uh, like the utility light on overnight or something like that. Just something to dry it out. You could even just leave it on a. I mean, you, you could leave it on a you know just to dry out on your counter, but then there is always that risk of spoilage organisms alighting on it. Hey, spoiled organism. My favorite kind of organism. So, and then how long does that take to bring back to life? Um, if it's a, it, it, I, I mean, I kept a starter in my freezer for after it had dried like four years. But like, how long does it take to make a blow? Like, oh, oh well, yeah, yeah, no, it, within, within 24 hours, it was, it was already active. Just, just so you it. could bake within 24 hours. Yeah, so what I would, I would, I would take the dry starter, uh-huh. I would add it, I, I would. Kind of bring it back to life in a more a wetter environment, like one to one or wetter. Yeah, one to one, like batter, batter consistency. Uh, so I dilute it in water, add some flour, put it uh, put it into a like a clean, a very a very clean uh, uh, mason jar with the lid screwed tight. And the reason why I say put the lid on tight is because then you can see if the dough is the liquid is beginning to gas because the lid will pop a little bit, and that's always a good sign. And you've got to remember that yeasts uh, the, that that make our beer and our wine taste good and our bread taste good are anaerobes. They're just as happy without oxygen as they are with, you know. For folks at home, you use you rock an AP in your starter or what? Oh, a, a what? You use an AP? An AP? AP flour. Oh, no, I, I only use, at the bakery, we only use winter wheat. Yeah, home people, home people. Okay, we use, we <laughs> use a flour that... I only use winter a, wheat. Winter wheat. <laughs> Har, 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 har. We use the um, winter wheat because it's less likely to have glyphosate uh, residues on it. Um, I also just like the, um, you typically the flavor, subtle, nuanced flavor of of winter wheats. Um, You know, wheat in and of itself does not have pronounced flavor profiles. It really is. It's all very, very subtle. And uh, that is when it's just as raw flour. It's only when it's fermented that you can actually coax out some other flavor profiles. Same like grapes. Yeah, just like grapes. It's like any, anything that ferments. You know what I mean? It's all about the, the choice of the primary materials are, are, are the, the most important thing. So, Peter Kim, I don't know if you know this. Jim Leahy hates Martin's potato rolls. No, I don't. You I last show. That. No, you were like, I was like, what bread that everyone loves do you think yeah. is garbage? And you said Martin's potatoes. Well, I mean, right. but I'm saying it's a, no. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. In defense of Martin's potatoes rolls, 
I'm getting. We've got. Uh, you're, you're kind of ain't welcome you here, Jim. Assist- We've got confirmation in the booth here that you did say that. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I don't know, Jim. Because right, well, Dave, Dave was like, I remember that. That was yeah. true. He said that. So so so. Well, so I mean, they're not. A, I mean, but it's not. It's, it's. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be a bread fascist. I, it's not. Martin's. A, is this not, is a post-Trump thing with you. you, you all of a sudden, like, you don't want to be a bread fascist. Like all of a sudden. You just well, don't no, like bread. Yes, I'm trying to. I'm trying to avoid embracing fascistic ideas. In the age of Trump, which I don't think is a, a bad thing. And by the way, Michelle Wolf was fucking genius. Hey, 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 family show with the cursing. It's, it's, you can't stop it. Michelle Wolf for president. Well, first of all, Absolutely. a political show, Dave, Dave in the booth, a political show. That's all I got I will to say. say that she did not insult Sarah Huckabee Sanders' appearance. People who say that she insulted her appearance are mistaken. Yeah. They, they are lying be, just like no, she does on a daily no, basis. What, hey, what, hey, what, hey. What they're, what they're, what they're admitting. Whoa, 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 whoa. By what they are admitting. This show is about cooking. I know, but what they're admitting, this is, this is also about life, brother. Uh-huh. What they're admitting by attacking the comedian is what they really think themselves. So it's almost like the people who are defending her are insulting her. Yes, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're but saying. But they're not listening to the, the actual text. Anyway, talk about the, the, the other thing is I don't understand, like, Sweet I don't understand why people want to, like, expose themselves. Comedians expose themselves to being roasted because they're used to it. They give, they take. But, like, to, like, hire someone whose job it is to skewer you, to skewer you, and then be upset when you get skewered seems well but the problem is is the person who was meant to be skewered refused to show up and this is the second all right wait what we talk we were talking about bread right. i thought mark's Let's potato rolls first here's here's something let me tell you something that's true people <laughs> the airport phenomenon of people trying to use crusty bread that they then refrigerate and make a sandwich out of and it's overly dry all those people should be thrown into a wood chip. Well, I love those kind Aww. of sandwiches as you know Dave. Peter Kim has eaten moldy so egg salad out of a gas station s- sandwiches which is I've seen him do it. Yeah, yeah. Cast really? iron. Because he, he lived in he moldy lived... egg oh, wow. salad sandwiches? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the best kind. You don't really get the flavor of the egg until what, it's coaxed out by the But mold. what type of molds? <laughs> he didn't even <laughs> test it, man. He's a, he's a, he rocks the it wild. The best way to know is just... Uh, he's bareback in, in the, his mold put there. Put it in the laboratory of the mouth. <laughs> but anyway, my point being that... The laboratory of the mouth. My, yeah. my point being that I think for a lot, especially of an American-style sandwiches, the way that they're built is a soft with a roll with not a lot of crust structure yeah. is helpful sometimes. Yeah, I agree. But you're like, I just don't like those things. No, no, I, I wasn't. I, I, I think you're misinterpreting. What I'm, what I was, <laughs> what I was, what I was trying to express was that I think I had said it. Good bread is back. Bad bread is back. Meaning that you know, tw- like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you, you know, a restaurateur or, or a chef wouldn't think about using a Martin's roll, whereas now it's okay because it's become sort of like this very popularized. But you're saying uh, it's bad low bread. Co- low country. No, it's not. It's just a type of bread. Well, it's an enriched. More... It's an enriched bread. It has this. You know what the issue? You're, you're freaking Mofad guy. It has a whole historical precedent behind it. It's not. 
in a vacuum. The issue right. is, the issue the thing, with Martin's more opportunity now to use it in a contextualized way, right? Yeah. The real issue with Martin's is that it's got a very narrow toast window, so it burns very quickly. You have to be careful with Martin's potato rolls because it goes from it's, lightly toasted to burnt very, very quickly. It's got plastic inside, <laughs> and, that, and that's why it burns so quickly. Have you ever lit a Martin's roll on fire? It actually, I mean, not on purpose. It actually begins to drip. Like you're just making stuff <laughs> up. You're like, making things up. Like, do you ever take a CD? Fake news. Do you ever take a CD and you light it on fire? Oh boy, here we and go. And then, like, in the in the in the the same thing. Okay, with, this this demands empirical proof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is so, just not. This is this is. What I we, think this, this is what we in Trader a segment, as a lie. This could be no. We we can we can actually torch up some some Martin's buns for fun. Listen, yeah, do you know what? It could be it could be viral. We could even after they cool down, we could even have bread face. Roll her face and burn bread. Bread, bread face was like that's one of my nicknames. Bread face. No, yeah, but the bread face. She's really famous. Yeah, online. She's got millions of followers. I don't know. I don't know this. Does she have a face made of bread? Listen, I have a no, question no. For you. She rolls her face in, in bread. Oh, I don't. It doesn't make sense it's, to me. It's, it's it's a fetish. Okay. It's a fetish. She's I, never rolled her face. Is that in like my bread. the the stinky feet animal smashing you fetish, which someone I, showed you me? You know, I I have never seen that one. And it's I, amazing. I, and I never large see it. large animals Dave, family with snowy show. feet. Stepping on people—it's a thing. Uh, but uh, you know, you know, Josh Eden Shorty. The I love, I love Josh. Eden. He's he's saying at the new bar we're going to be ordering bread from you. Is that oh, true? Awesome. I guess that's true. Me, he doesn't know this that I'm talking to you right now. Will, do you ever do any custom work for people if they ask for if, something specific? If, if the volume is there, yes. What if the volume is not there? But I ask pretty please. Um, I'm I'm as a one off. It might be more likely that I could go in and show you how to make something. I just want I I, I can do it with your bread. I can do it to your bread. But I would. Love like a Bianca style thing with caraway and salt on top. Uh huh. It's always possible because I like a kumu. That's oh. the seeds are easy. That's what I'm saying. Seeds, seeds and salt. Seeds don't stress me out. Right, we got to think about wrapping this thing up. Oh, so that's, Peter, that's, Peter. That's, that's the title of my next book, by the way. Seeds and salt. No, seeds don't stress me seeds out. Seeds don't stress me out. Yeah. All right, so Peter from so. the Museum of Food and Drink. What, other than being a dad, which is amazing, uh, what have you come to pimp out on the on the museum? I, you don't, want? I don't come here to just pimp out things, man. Just That's a to, lie. Just to hear the no. Whenever I your... ask you to come on just to show up, you're like, I'm too busy, busy, busy. So there's yeah. got to be something you're pimping out for the museum. <laughs> well, I'm always pimping stuff, but no, I mean we've got new uh, new exhibits up. We've got the talk about the chickens, chickens including your boy I am Samani. Uh, who Black. is? Are you Samani? Yeah, no, I am Samani, not you. So uh, we've got. Have you seen this all black chicken? Yeah. All black chicken, bones black, meat oh, black, yeah, feathers yeah, yeah, black, yeah, yeah. eyes all black, black, all black. black. All even black, the, even everything. the whites of his eyes are black. All black, everything. Yes, yeah, everything. So uh, we've ancient, got a bunch of chickens. So ancient, we ancient breed. Yeah, dude, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know, it's it's awesome. We yeah. have gi- we have a giant like leghorn, gigantic leghorn. And gigantic so like every leghorn. time I pass Foghorn. it, I'm like I'm like I say I say boy. I, every yeah, time right. I pass it, I do I'll the say, I'll say I'll say it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we've got uh, we've we have the the Model T of refrigeration, the first domestically available electric refrigerator. Very That's first one. And in fact, low serial number and yeah. uh, like unrefinished, like pr- like pristine. Yeah. That was from a the thing. curatorial decision that we decided not refinish. It's not because we didn't have the money to refinish it. People. <laughs> no, no, it was a curatorial I've, decision. By the way, this Peter fridge changed. That. This fridge changed everything. So it turns out, General Electric Corporation is like, we make electricity. How are we going to sell this crap? And they're like, I know. We'll put a refrigerator in people's <laughs> house, and then they're going to use electricity all the time. Yeah, and exactly. that's what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why General Electric got into the refrigerator business because they were selling electricity. electricity. Yeah. yeah. 
So we got all that. So, We've got a lot of programs we just launched. We have a honey tasting this Thursday. We're doing pairings with uh, cheese and uh, other stuff. Next week, we have something with your boy, Don Lee, uh, looking at agave spirits. Oh, yeah. And, uh, just looking at them, no tasting. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, Wait, and do we, we have still the... have tickets available for the uh, benefit? Yeah, yeah. The gala is coming up on May 17, celebrating biodiversity or honoring Dave Chang. And, and, and uh, I think Adam my new Eskin. bar, I think my yep. new bar, Existing Conditions, is making cocktails That's for right. it. So come out and That's see right. the Existing Conditions what? team. And then we have the after party after that with um, Jerobi of A Tribe Called Quest. Nice. So. Do you know Josh, Josh, our chef, Josh, Josh Eden, friends with A Tribe Called Quest? Nice. Yeah. By the way, Hello, our, I'm allowed. This I'm a is lot. Jerobi from A Tribe Called Quest. There you are. Oh, there you go. Hello. Uh, hey, hey, Jerobi. Hey. What's up, man? How you doing? So I'm, uh, I'm allowed to talk about the new bar. It's called Existing Conditions. We're opening in May on West 8th Street. So look for us. Uh, you know, we'll be there. Um, and, and, and I'm opening up my bakery, reopening my retail shop on 47th Street this Thursday. I you know what? That I neighborhood also, used to be such yeah. a crap hole back in the day when you op- when you first moved the, uh, the uh, production up there. It was such a crap hole. This is a beautiful uh-huh. bread you bought. And, and, How long and, is that and, bread? It's really long. It's, yeah. and, and you can get this. Gonna, this is really beautiful. Peter, you got to Instagram this out. All right, this all right, is the long Bianca. Oh, wait. Oh, lady, lady in the Trap moment. Oh, my God. No lady mouth noises. Moment. Here we go. Alright. Jim, look this way. Jim. There we go. For the All listeners right. there we go. in Radio Land, Dave and Jim are eating a baguette from opposite ends. A baguette! Yes. It's not a baguette. <laughs> it's not a baguette. Actually, yeah, I wasn't even looking when yeah, I said yeah. that. That's um Oh, what the hell is that? Well, well this not open. It's really? a it's like the six foot sub of, of Bianca's. Yeah. Whoa. Is it actually six foot long? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Nice. I'm can, I, can I give this to the museum too. staff? Yeah, of course. Nice. Rock Just uh, watch the crumbs in my studio, okay? Oh, no, no, me, me, me. Watch the crumbs in my studio. You guys have people coming here smoking the weed all the time, and you, you're worried about a little bread? We're not like that anymore. Oh, right. come on. Yeah, please. So, uh, by the way, these chickens are cool. Come on, see it. Fun fact on chickens. Crumbs, by the way, are illegal. What? If, if someone finds crumbs in your, in your recording studio, you could theoretically be arrested for it. <laughs> Whereas little bits, was little bits of ganja are okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just the the leaves. The uh, what's that stuff called? The uh, the the. Crap. Oh, don't act like you don't know. Shake, shake. The trichromes. Uh, shake. So anyway, Dave on drugs would be a scary thing. Yeah, uh, you know, I, Maybe I, I, I'm out. told this. People think that I'm uh, high what's, on cocaine when I do this show. No, what's yeah, the I'm not. No, you're not. I can. Wait, wait. What's what's the Infowars guy? Infowars, what, uh, Milo... But Alex? Alex Jones. Alex, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dave on drugs is Alex Jones. I only know Tom Jones, <laughs> the singer. I would love to be like that. Uh, what's new pussycat? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I love that. Anyway, so my point is... Sleeping Analia. What's that? I don't know that one. Sleeping Analia. Oh. Okay. Anyway, so uh, ch- fun fact about chickens, people, that you will I'm learn when you come to the museum. I'm an explorer. Wow. I'm a human. And- Wow. He's got his fingertips. So, uh, Excellent chickens domesticated, Peter, for what reason? For entertainment. For fighting. That's fighting. right. Not for meat, not necessarily for eggs, for fighting. That's right. And it was the wild and, gu- guinea And fowl. they're pretty vicious when they fight. Yeah, it's, and we have some fighting chickens yeah. that are taxidermy. By the way, the, they all died of nat. They all died naturally. Yeah, naturally because a knife went through their throats. But, but, the, but in uh, their prime, but in oh. their prime, they were they <laughs> were. The athletes. last thing we need is a PETA lawsuit. Yeah, don't we they all? Die don't we all die naturally, people? Yeah. But the uh, the point is that uh, that they were domesticated for fighting. We have uh, some fighting chickens there. 
Uh, we have lots of interesting breeds. Come see them. Uh, it's the only, I think, the only display of kind of cross-cultural, cross-time, domesticated uh, taxidermy that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. many we got there right now? Like 18, 19. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And uh, we've rejiggered uh, Chow, the exhibit, yeah. so come come see it. Come hang out. Come to the museum. Buy tickets to the gala. Go to mofad.org to purchase tickets, correct? Yep. Or do you have some sort of eventbrite.snop.crap? No, that's crap? Right. No, no, no. Mofad.org? Yeah. Mofad.org. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. And uh, thanks to Jim. Thanks to yes. uh, F-Palm Peter. F-Palm Jim. F-Palm Jim and <laughs> yeah. Peter Kim. Cooking yeah. issues. Right. Far from F-Palm. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thank you.